Welcome to Unbundling Embedded Finance, your insight into the future of financial services. Today's guests are Tristan Hole, Head of Product Architecture, and Peter Hufflein, Vice President of Core Banking. Enjoy the show. So uh, welcome to the fourth episode of Unbundling Embedded Finance. And today we're going to talk about all things core banking technology. And for that, I have two very awesome guests from Solaris, Peter and Tristan. So could you both briefly introduce yourselves and say a little bit about what you do at Solaris? I will go first. Um, I'm Tristan Hall. I'm, I'm living in Berlin. I um, uh, worked for Solaris since um, 2015. I started in the very beginning when the company was set up in a company builder, um, started in engineering, transitioned to product, um, had various roles. Um, one important role for this conversation, obviously, was the, um, the product architecture role where we defined the our banking architecture of the future and how we uh, are going to run Solaris in the future. Oh, that's great. So you've been with Solaris a while. For quite a while, yes. Today's That's cool. super interesting. Cool. Thanks for that. Uh, and Peter, can you, uh, can you uh, follow that up with a nice intro? Yeah, Peter Heftlein, uh, working for Solaris since December 2020, no, so not as long as Tristan. Um, I'm one of the product VPs um, and I'm taking care of our in-house core banking solution or what we in Solaris define as, as, as core banking. Uh, I think we will talk about that in detail a little bit later. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in banking since over 20 years and you can kind of split my career between two parts, traditional banking and fintech, where I got in into 2014 and then continued my journey in Solaris. Oh wow, that's actually great to have have you on the call. So you can talk about you can talk about both of your experiences from the the traditional and the fintech side. That's really great. So uh, just to open things up is so if we were building a bank from scratch, what would that look like? Uh, Tristan or Peter, have at it. Uh, that's that's an amazing question. I think not many people can answer in their career um, to get the opportunity to build it from scratch. Um, I think it comes with great opportunity because you you don't um, have to care a lot about legacy systems. Um, but on the other hand, you you're obviously not starting with a huge organization, so um, you have to spend your resources very wisely and, and decide where you where you spend them in the very beginning, where you can make a difference. And um, I would say you should always keep in mind um, to not fall into the same trap as traditional banks that you build something that um, that basically stops you from innovating at some point in the, in the near or further future. Oh, thanks. Uh, great answer. Peter, can you uh, follow up on that? Well, <laughs> I would I would do it like Solaris is right now. Not as Solaris started, because we also had quite a journey um, to, to be there where we are now. But, you know, hitting all the buzzwords, you know, go into the clouds, avoid big chunks of software, um, don't be monolithic. Um, this is something we are breaking up right now. Um, go real time, go horizontal. I could continue with that, but that's how, how we are and it's working. Great. Thank you for that, that small intro into uh, what it's like to build a, a bank from scratch. So I guess the most important part of this conversation is, is of course, core banking. So what actually, what is core banking? Tristan, can you start with this? 
yeah, that, that's that's actually a very interesting question because um, I think core banking is not not clearly defined um, in the industry. Like everyone has a different interpretation of what what is part of core banking system and what is not. Um, I would say core banking domain um, defines what is necessary system wise and and processual to to run a bank in a compliant way. Um, and obviously, this um, how you cut this un underneath this de de uh, definition in, in the system landscape then is, is more or less up to the individual bank. Um, we have a very specific interpretation of it, which I think serves us very well. Um, and uh, what was also the, the precondition for all of our efforts into building some of the things ourselves and, and source best-in-class providers from the market in, in other areas. Thanks. Uh, Peter, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 issue with most of the legacy core banking system is that they they try to cram every functionality in there, which is somehow requested, and then you create a static monolithic systems. and And our agenda is more like um, don't put everything in there, uh, make it slim, make it fast, make it flexible. Um, but don't try to solve every use case with, with, with the core banking system. There are other systems. You could put the stuff elsewhere. You can do it before or you can do it later, um, but, but keep, keep it easy. Keeping it easy is always, I guess, easier said than done. And there's a lot of, I guess, guiding clients or prospective clients on your behalf in terms of like helping them actually find what they need. So uh, in terms of like, executing all this we're building a bank from scratch so how do you execute at solaris tristan can you start here maybe i start in the very beginning because i was there um <laughs> so in the very beginning you're working um under a lot of constraints in the very beginning uh, resource wise and also also knowledge wise um so it, for us it was very important to focus on the um the areas where we um could make a difference very early to validate our business model as a bank, as a large back in the days. Um, that's why I think it's, even though we have migrated out of a, of a let's say, legacy system, I think it was the right choice back then because we had a very small team and, and we we learned along the way a lot about how, how core banking should actually um, look like for us. Um, if we would have started from scratch building everything ourselves from the beginning, I think this this wouldn't have been possible. Um, so this this iterative approach to get feedback very quickly from the market, from from partners, um, also from from all the, the other stakeholders like the the Bundesbank, our, our clearinghouse, um, was very valuable um, to to define our own system and and what we want to do ourselves and uh, what we want to source from the market because we don't see a competitive edge. Okay, thanks and. Uh... Peter? Yeah, it's like find as I mentioned before, kind of find your scope, what you're gonna do, and, and find your vision you're having for, for that product, where where you wanna go in the future. Um like for, for us, for our co-banking system, it's like uh, being partner agnostic. Okay. Um and, and and not specialize too much in certain areas because for that we have other layers uh which which will do that. That is not always easy. It also can lead to to certain issues, um, but uh, there is always a way to 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 get get around this or or find find a workaround. And also, and that's that's but also that's kind of a classic um, complete things. 
don't rely on workarounds um, uh, or, or, or a half, half written processes. But really, and it's really also important, especially important in, in core banking, it's such a crucial system. Um, finalize things and then continue. Uh, yes, uh, that's great. So I had a, you mentioned you are partner agnostic. Could you explain a little bit about what that means? We, we have multiple layers in, in, in Solaris Bank. So we have one system where the, all the identities of the customers are the customer entity uh, with their identities. Um, then we have our partners where our uh, end customers are kind of customers too, even though they are legally our customers. And all these partners might have different features. Like it's like a toolbox of products. You have an account, you have uh, might, might have a card, might be virtual, might be might might be physical, um, and other things. You might have different payment rails. And in the end, the core banking system being the kind of the box or the basis of the box where all these product features are in, doesn't care what uh, partner or customer that is. It just does things uh, which are advised to uh, or enforced to by the other product layers. Like for example, if we pay out a loan, which is the loan itself is hosted in a different system, the different system just pings the core bank system that please do a, a payout, an outgoing SEPA transfer. And the, the core banking system doesn't care if this is a loan payout. It just gets the information and does it, its job in that case. Oh, thanks for that explanation. So the connectivity is, uh, I'm guessing, by API then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, those are those are pretty crucial for your your interface between you and any other third party systems. Yeah, and, and literally have... every function we are building in core banking has an API. That's that's the the, the mission statement. I think this is also uh, what sets us apart because we had to build it in this way. Everything yeah. had to be an API because we don't rely on on say the classical software development stack where you have everything in one system, including the front end. For us, the front end is the API and what is built on top of this might be a front end for a human or might be a machine that is talking to our API. Um, and this is what I would say sets us apart by starting so late um, into the whole development of core banking systems uh, with a very modern system and stack. No, those are, those are very good answers. And so next up, we, we've touched on it a little bit. Uh, I think it was, I think, Peter, I think you mentioned cloud. Someone, I wonder if you mentioned cloud. And of course, that's very, uh, as you know, since it's your business, that's very important. So can we dig a little bit more into that? Like what role does the cloud play in core banking for you? Well, it's it's, it's most important to have that. I mean, let's let, if you go back to uh, in 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 history a little with with these on-premise solution banks were having. I mean, that's not that's not longer. Um, that's not that can't be a thing anymore because it's it's not a fit for for purpose for 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 downtimes. It's highly expensive, and then you have. You have the cloud where, where they literally do everything for you and they even give you an architecture where you can build on, which is highly scalable. I mean, we have, I have seen it personally. I'm, I'm, I'm not a tech guy, but it's amazing when, when we did a co-banking migration last year 
And it's amazing when, when engineering comes and said, okay, give me five minutes, we need a faster server. And then they go into that cloud portal, click some buttons, and all of a sudden uh, you, you scale like 10 times faster than five minutes before. I can't do that with a piece of metal in a data center, which is in, my, in the basement of my building. These times are over. And that's the one aspect. And then the other one aspect is, it's not quite directly to your question, but I mean, we are now in generation Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. So people in general are used to high responsiveness, availability, um, user experience, and so. And banks are not doing that these days. But And the cloud, as all these applications I just mentioned, are built on cloud. The cloud helps us with at least going into that direction regarding responsiveness, availability, and so on. And that is, that is, that's great. And that should be the baseline for every bank. And we can use that and build on top and be even better. Oh, thanks. Uh, Tristan, do you have anything to add to that wonderful explanation about <laughs> cloud banking? Uh, it, well, no, it was a great explanation. Um, I would add to this. Um, I, I think as a business, you have to ask yourself if, if your business is really to build something on, on, on bare metal servers or if your expertise is somewhere else. And mm -hmm. I, I think for us, it's clear, we, we are a company that wants to offer APIs, but our expertise is definitely not lifting bare metal into uh, an infrastructure. Uh, there are other companies that have done this. There are other companies that have scaled on this um, and it's on the market. And if you don't want to hire a significant portion of infrastructure engineers into your company, um, I think it's not worse to think about an on-premise solution. Then better go with the cloud providers that give you a lot of flexibility and a lot of solutions you could have never built yourself. Mm. And you also, I think, you, did you just talk on, touch on the difference between like a, a lifted cloud solution and then like a cloud native solution? Started on on on, on premise um, because of primarily regulatory reasons, and was not really clear if we can use the US clouds in in the very beginning, and. Um, that brought us some limitations in the beginning on how to develop software. And um, after after we have figured out how to run on the on the public cloud, um, it opened a huge toolbox box to um, to build better systems um, in every aspect. Um, how to monitor systems is is handled way better than it was five years ago. Um, or um, getting something off the ground um, in in a new technology stack um, would have required a significant investment in understanding how to set up the infrastructure first in the past. And now um, this comes out of the box and can, is readily usable from the cloud provider. Um, it's just the velocity went up significantly in this development. And yes, cloud native um, makes it easier to build resilient solutions. Yeah, yeah that's a great. So in terms of uh, a timeline, it would prob probably vary per, per project, I would imagine, but it seems like this would be a lot faster to sort of get your bank off the ground if you you were building one from scratch then sort of trying to build uh you know an on-premise system with the mainframes and all those other sort of archaic things yes of course uh, building on a public cloud just the two they are providing amazing toolboxes um in every aspect if you want to have a database you have the free choice what database you want to have if you want to have um a, a, a storage solution, there are three storage solutions, which are basically endless. You don't have to buy hard drives and put them in a server. Um, you can just put the objects into the data storage and then let that AWS or any other cloud provider figure it out how, how they put this onto, onto bare metal. 
Um, so you're just cutting off a lot of um, the necessary thought process on how you handle things if you go to a public cloud. Uh, thanks. Uh, that's great. We've also touched on this. Peter, you said you're partner agnostic, but in your business, you do have technical partners, I imagine. Yes. So what, what's what's their role? There are there are certain things which we we did not build on our own. Um, I wouldn't say that we might not in the future, uh, uh, but um, right now it is the case. Um, for example, we are using um, a provider who gives us connectivity to Swift. Because again, um, Swift is still a legacy product somehow, um, even though it's everywhere and you can't get around it. But um, that software-wise, it's a mess. And it's good when you have have somebody who helps you there. Even though, and now we are at, at, at a point uh, you were mentioning, their software is unfortunately not cloud native, but we put it in the cloud somewhere. And it's, um, it, it's, it's sometimes it's a challenge, challenge to have it there, to have like old system in, into, this, into this very modern environment. Um, um, that's that's one thing. So they're making that better than we would do, and that's an effort we 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 are not one to take. And then also there 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 are especially core banking and payments. There are providers who give you also better uh, a potential better um, connectivity. For example, we are using uh, another uh, provider to um, the SEPA instant rails for for the connectivity to tips, um, because that gave gave us uh, faster time to market. Um, and also additional knowledge we didn't have. And it saved us resources. Uh, Tristan, do you have anything to add to that? I think in general, having it in our own hands um, gives us a lot of flexibility in choosing the, the right partners and providers to, to work with. Um, because we, we literally don't have to file a change request at, at our core banking system provider, wait for, for weeks or months to get an answer if, if they even see a value in integrating an external provider, if, if we think this provider helps us, um, it's up to us to integrate. Um, and it, it also helps us to be a bit provider agnostic because we are not relying, I mean, we have integrated a single provider, but it doesn't mean we couldn't exchange providers if, if um, it needs to be, like if we go to, into a different market or you know, if we think there's a better provider out there. So it, it enables us to, be very flexible on the decision which part of our Cobank domain should be served by what provider and what we want to build ourselves. So what do you think the future for core banking holds? It's an interesting question because um, I, I, my, my opinion is this, this, that many of these um, seasoned core banking providers are faking it a little because the future is obviously going cloud for them. But they are now all saying we are in the cloud. But when you ask them, it's their own cloud where there is not much difference between talking again about the metal in the cellar. Um, it's literally the same. It's just in their own data center, which is kind of acting like a cloud. And there are not many co-banking providers out there who are like real cloud native like Mambo would be one of them, for example, and nobody else comes to my mind, to be honest, um, except, except yeah, Oracle. They, they, they use the, the, the Microsoft cloud, I guess. No, they use their own cloud, but it's a bigger one than now, like the ones of, of Finastra or whatever provider you have or Temenos. 
Um, and uh, yeah, just can say more cloud, real cloud, lever leverage the functionalities of others, um, which which are built by by, by one company. And yeah, uh, break up monoliths more and more, go into my into specialized microservices um, just to be faster and and more agile. And and also there, and that's also a shout out to the to the to the legacy providers. I mean. Two releases a year? No, we, we are doing I think six hundred a month, or so, um, and and that's that's how you also reduce risk, and also uh, uh, can can be more agile than you will ever be with with uh, a slower release cycle. Well, th thanks for that, uh, Peter. So Tristan, what's the what does the future have in store for core banking? I think if we look on the market, uh, there will be a consolidation because there are, there are still plenty of um, legacy core banking providers that are serving banks and those banks in the next five to 10 years have to ask themselves if they how they want to go on in the future, if they want to exchange their core banking platform or not. Um, and I think there will be a tendency towards more modern players that don't have one or two release cycles a year, but I'm more in this continuously delivery model um, because the market pressure is just to deliver features faster than once a year. We will see a, a heavy consolidation on the market um, and specifically new player startups, there's no chance a startup will go with one of the legacy providers, I would say, because it's not their their DNA. I mean, the DNA is to match and this is what we have also seen in the past with providers. One of the most important aspects is that that you are on the same page if you discuss the future and the integration. And sometimes it fails on this more personal note than on the technology. Um, and if your company DNA is not fitting to what the startups require, you will not be the provider of choice. Oh, that was a that's a great note uh, to end on. Very well said, Tristan. So uh, just as a small recap today, we've talked about the ins and outs of core banking. We've covered, of course, the very important thing of cloud. You can gain speed and flexibility and the also equally as important part of uh, technical partners as well. So thank you, Tristan and Peter, for this wonderful conversation and take care. Thank you for having us here. You've just been listening to Unbundling Embedded Finance, your insight into the future of financial services. Today's guests were Tristan Hole, Head of Product Architecture, and Peter Hüftlein, Vice President of Core Banking. On the next podcast, we'll cover how data is driving new business models. Unbundling Embedded Finance is brought to you by Solaris, Cognito Amsterdam, and Finco. Thanks for listening.